0: Hello, my name is Yujiro Seki. I'm a director, writer, and a producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. I'm almost ready to produce and release Carving the Divine to the world But you know, today I have somebody who already watched Carving the Divine. He's a very, very special person, special scholar. Uh, I would love to introduce to you uh, Mr. Mark Schumacher. Welcome, welcome.
1: Wonderful, Mr.
0: Schumacher. Uh, Yes, I know uh, people already know about you, but uh, for the people who don't know anything about you, please introduce yourself and uh, please tell us a little bit about uh, your project on website that we can see a lot of uh, Japanese deities, Buddhist deities, and Shinto deities, and uh, everything.
1: Well, I'm uh, a long-time Japanese resident, 30 years now, in Kamakura. And uh, I fell in love with Japanese Buddhist statuary right away. And uh, my website is uh, my blog, uh, 30-year blog about Japanese wooden Buddhist statuary, Shinto deities, and so on. A to Z dictionary of Japanese uh, religious statuary. And I'm so happy that you have produced this wonderful film on Carving the Divine. And uh, uh, I find your film very impressive and very emotionally powerful and very, for me, very heartwarming.
0: Thank you very much for a nice word and everything. Uh, Yeah, uh, speaking of that, uh, I would love to ask you, so what was your first impression uh, of Carving the Divine?
1: Well, first, I mean, it's a topic I love, right? So, of course, I'm already a hundred percent fan of the movie. Um, but actually, my first impression is sadness—the uh, sadness that uh, this wonderful traditional art, m- maybe fifteen hundred years old, um, that in today's world, you know, Buddhist artwork, the carving of divine statuary is not appreciated. And I saw the hardships and the frustrations and the difficult and painful standard of, of life for artisans, craftspeople who carve the statues. I was sad. My, my first feeling was sadness. For the loss, or not the loss, but for the, a record. You have made a record of, of this wonderful craft. And uh, I was both joyful and sad at the same time. That's, that's my first impression.
0: Mm. So maybe people who don't want to get sad, they shouldn't watch it? That's what you mean?
1: <laughs> no, no. life is full of sadness and joy. I mean, like most of my aunts and uncles are gone. My father is gone. Some of my high school friends are gone. And maybe this art is gone, will go. We don't, I don't know. Uh, but life comes, life goes. And uh, so that's how I I saw your documentary film. Is was really in this coming and going, coming and going. And I don't know, I love Buddhist statuary, but as your film says, the Japanese are desensitized to Buddhist statuary. In other words, the Japanese have seen these statues for centuries and centuries, and it's kind of like nothing new, nothing impressive, nothing uh, to you know write home about. Uh, but so to for the bushi, the 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 makers, the creators, the craftspeople, uh, artisans who make the statues, perhaps they must find a new audience outside Japan. The art in Japan is in danger. And finding a new audience, you know, in the West is a very, probably the best strategy for them uh, now. that that's part of my sadness. You know, it's wonderful how that we can actually see and experience the firsthand, you know, the the difficulties and hardships and frustrations and pain of, of carrying a 1,500 year old tradition into the future. And I hope your film helps to, to introduce the West the, and, and everybody else to the wondrous beauty of these artisans, and, yeah.
0: And it's a very interesting. Sometimes when I show the film to Western audience versus Japanese audience, there's a big, big difference. Yes, Japanese yeah. audience can appreciate it, but you know, I feel like a western audience can appreciate it in a whole different level. So, what do you think? Why that uh western people like uh, appreciate Japanese art better or Japan, uh, western people more spiritually oriented or what what is it? So,
1: well, I that's a good question. Um I've all often thought That Buddhism came from India, went to Southeast Asia, went to China, went to Korea, then came to Japan. It took 1000 years, it got to Japan. So it went from East to, uh, wait, wait. It went from the East and now it's going to the West. It's now finally from Japan, it's going to America. And like in the 19th century, early 19th century, T.D. Suzuki introduced Buddhism and Zen Buddhism to the West. And then a number of very famous Western scholars, like uh, Ellen Watts, uh, brought Zen and Chinese philosophies. So essentially, America is a new home for Buddhism. And that is why there might be better reception in America and Europe for these ideas. Uh, they've come from the East and now they've gone to America and now they've gone to Europe. And I think the it's more fruitful, the market in America for um, philosophies, of living a good life, of living a uh, a life that lets you sleep at night, <laughs> that, that the Buddhism, in fact, is ripe to have uh, a, a new audience in a foreign country, just like it went from India to China to Korea to Japan. Now it's gone to America. And uh, yes, I agree. I think the artwork may find a new market uh, in America.
0: Mm, wonderful. And the Japanese people love to see their culture being appreciated uh, abroad and that they might see that, uh this bushy culture in a new uh, perspective, a new way, yeah. once they come well, back. I mean, <laughs> so think, of it, think of it
1: too, that right now in America, Japanese food is really popular. Japanese uh, 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 recipes and uh, sushi and sashimi and tonkatsu, you name it. And also my company, uh, we sell Japanese sake. Japanese sake is also a dying tradition. In Japan, the Japanese uh, drink more beer, they drink more wine, they drink more cognac, they make gin and tonics, chuhai's, and sake, the traditional drink of this country, has died. Uh, There were 3,000 Japanese breweries, sake breweries, uh, at the end of World War II. Today, there are only 1,200 breweries. Mm. So more than half of all the breweries are gone gone oh wow and and the only way to keep the tradition uh, alive is to export and uh, for sake right so it might be the case for a japanese statuary however i think people enjoy drinking more than they enjoy uh, really just a statue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do completely agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, definitely. So yeah, we would love to find a new audience and we want to uh, export our old tradition back to Japan so that Japanese mm. people can appreciate it again. So that's one mm. of the objectives of, that we have. So uh, I wanted to ask you, So. How can you relate carving the divine uh, to your own life? I know you mentioned a little bit about it, but you know, uh, how do you express impermanence of life and uh, things that you can find uh, something beautiful but something not beautiful, like ugly? So I don't know, like uh, what to express this. But uh, uh, any thought?
1: Well, I mean, the sadness I had. Have, have watching the film is to see a beautiful tradition in, in decline. So it's just like my own body. I'm, I used to be young, now I'm old, I'm, I'm declining. And uh, the film suggests to me that for all of history, For whatever, 100,000 years, the Homo sapien has been on the planet. And it's only the last 10,000 years or so we have a recorded history that we actually know what our grandfathers, grandfathers, grandfathers lived like and how we live today. And your film just reinforced my sense of what's the word I wanted to use my sense of uh, impermanence uh, that uh, you know, I'm a, a fly on the wall I'm just a little speck of dust and that uh, I shouldn't think too highly of myself I shouldn't become a Tengu and uh, that if I want to do something. If I have a passion, I should follow my passion because our life is so short. And uh, follow your passion. Life is short. And uh, that's that's kind of the, the sadness that I got from the film of things come, things go. We live, we die. And it was very heartwarming. And heart frightening <laughs> at the same time, you know, that something as special as a 1500 year old Buddhist statuary tradition is in danger of disappearing.
0: Is there any joy and uh, happiness you found in the film? Of course. I mean, it
1: reinforced my love of the art. It reinforced my uh, understanding of people with passionate goals and desires uh, and determination and patience, which which I don't have. I could never be a Bushi. I I don't have patience to be Bushi, but uh, the joy, one, the joy of having the art continue. Two, the joy of knowing that this is something that has been passed down for 1,500 years. Three, the joy of knowing there are people who still want to do this work. Um, For the Western audience, it's going to be very, I, I believe very exciting because the Western audiences want Action movies, you know, everything happens every 10 seconds. But here is a tradition where you need to be a disciple, an apprentice for three years. And then you have to work for eight years more or whatever to become your own independent uh, workshop. I might be wrong about the numbers, but your documentary shows that. It takes discipline and patience and uh, uh, determination to, to pursue this uh, career. So that, that also gave me joy, that there are these people. There were young boys, young women, older women. There was an older woman in your documentary, but she only got like a few seconds of uh, coverage. I, I, I don't know what happened to her, but uh, the fact that there's so many different type of people who want to who choose to pursue this wood carving career is amazing to me. And so it gives me new you know hope that people are generally good. Uh, people are, he, overall, we we should be optimistic. Uh, you know, today it's not so optimistic with the <laughs> world global economic recessions and exchange rates and inflation and uh, war in Ukraine. Um, I'm glad to know that the world still uh, turns with good people, with good intentions.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Uh, so, uh, yes, you are a scholar of a Buzo, a Buddhist uh, sculptures, and uh, I was wondering, so what is Buzhou anyway, and how can people learn about the Buzhou from documentary?
1: Well, they can go to your page where you've cattle you've made I don't know, 40, 50 podcasts uh, with me <laughs> or, uh, where they can learn the categories and uh, uh, but the best way, uh, the best way to start is just go to a museum, go to the New York Metropolitan Museum, go to the Cincinnati Museum of Art. And look at the statues. And if you have a calling, if you love this artwork, you will understand it. You will want to learn more. And uh, I mean, for me, I I didn't become a lover of Buddhism at all. I mean, I fell in love with the statues. Uh, My first encounter was the Sanjusangendo in Kyoto, which has a thousand statues, life-size statues of the uh, Bosatsu, the goddess of mercy. And around the backside, there were life-size statues of 28 guardian deities, uh, some with bird heads, uh, some with fierce wrathful faces, some three-headed deities, and I just said, whoa, this is great, what is this? And these statues are a thousand years old, and they frightened me, and they uh, entirely engaged me. I said, why did people make them, what did they represent, who are these people, who who are these uh, statues? That's how I started, by simply seeing them, Upfront, face to face. So a museum, I think that's the best way to to generate interest in the statuary.
0: Uh, so what can people learn from it by watching carving the divine?
1: <laughs> I thought you said this was going to be a simple and easy interview. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's, let's give it a try let's give it a try
1: yeah. <laughs> what can they learn oh everybody is different and everybody everybody learns a different message and uh, for me the message was do what you l- want to do even if it's painful and hard and requires Years of determination. Um, the The other lesson, possibly, is i don't I don't know the answer. But Japan has a long history of passing on the secrets. Of you know, architecture, ceramics, uh, brewing sake, uh, of of making uh, Buddhist statues. That America is a young nation. America is only like two hundred fifty years old or so, and uh, Japan is fifteen hundred years. Well, if we count from the uh, the Asuka Jidai. Uh, oh, so, So Japan is about 1,400 years old. And Japan prides itself on its tradition. America has no tradition. (laughs) So we are like barbarians compared to Japan. You know what I mean? We have a 250 year history, you have a 1,500 year. Your documentary really captures this Japanese uh, trait. Of keeping tradition, passing it down, century by century by century, very carefully, very precisely, uh, very um, (laughs) painfully, uh, that the Japanese, in fact, are some of the best librarians in the world today, because you keep passing down the traditions. Americans, are we don't pass anything down. We just jump to the next technological uh, marvel, the the newest iPhone, the newest uh, laptop, uh, the newest uh, AI or electric car. The fact that Japan still maintains its connection to all the great arts Is wonderful, the arts of calligraphy, the arts of painting, the arts of statue making, statues, the arts of making sake. These traditions are passed down carefully here, very carefully. That that to me is a very big lesson. America does not have this culture of retaining the good from uh, just keeping all of the best lessons learned,
0: and just passing them along. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for your input. So, yes. So do you think people should watch Calvin the Divine?
1: (laughs) Of course. I I wholeheartedly recommend this film. And uh, for people who have no Um, no outside interest in Buddhism is still a good... The film really introduces Japanese culture as well as the Buddhist culture, as well as the craftsmanship and apprentice apprentice master relationship. I think for any... (laughs) I'm going to sound very bad here. Uh, For any educated... American or any educated person with an interest in culture uh, uh, and language and literature, this film will be a very wonderful film. Uh, As I said before, there's a lot of Americans who will have zero interest in this film. (laughs) (laughs) That's 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 encouraging, so thank you for your honesty. No, no, I mean, because your audience is like your topic. It's very limited. And, uh, uh, And plus, you want a viewer or a viewership of people who are sensitive and educated. You don't really care about those people who... Aren't sensitive and aren't educated, that's not your audience. Hmm. It's not. There are I see enough people for you to be famous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well definitely if i wanted to be a famous i would have never started making a movie <laughs> essentially i tell you that but uh yeah thank you for your input and uh, thank you for your recommendation and the endorsement and i truly appreciate uh years of a uh, collaboration uh with me uh for the carving the divine tv and uh, yeah thank you for so much today for coming and uh, uh talk about the carving the divine today Thank you, thank you, Mr. Schumacher. Please forgive my
1: long-winded talking.
0: (laughs) No, that was great, so thank you so much. Okay,
1: rock and roll.